Welcome to Tangerine Minds, a podcast about things that matter by our Tangerine Montessori kids. I am Anna Hansen, I host this show, and it is my pleasure to interview our children and teachers about what they are doing and learning in the classroom. It is kind of like opening the door and taking a peek into the amazing Montessori way of learning things. In today's episode, we're going to tackle two very important questions. Why should we save endangered animals and how can we do it? A few weeks ago, Miss Anna's and Miss Jasmine's class of pre-K and kindergarten learned about many of the animals that are likely to become extinct in the near future. The children picked animals like the African wild dog, gorilla, red panda, sharks, and many others that sparked their interest. They created beautiful boards explaining important facts. But today, we want to hear from them and what they think we can do to save the animals facing extinction. Let's take a peek. Hello, my name is Vicente. I'm six years old. I'm from kindergarten. And it's good to protect the animals because when you kill them, they won't be anymore and the planet dies. Bye. Hi, my name is Sophia. And we, we have to protect our animals and we have to protect them because our, our, our planet are going to die. How old are you, Sophia? I'm four. My name is Lucas. I'm five years old. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you how to protect the animals um, by stop killing the animals. That's right. One very effective way of protecting our animals is respecting their life. Children know we are responsible for their well-being and that if they disappear, so will us. Let's listen to what Miss Anna has to say about how children at this age come to this type of powerful, practical conclusions. At this stage of their life, children have very concrete minds. They relate everything they see outside to what they already know or have experienced. So what struck them the most was finding out that people are killing animals to use their fur or horns. And that's why you will hear them saying that we need to stop killing animals. According to Misana, the idea behind this project was to deepen the connection between children and nature by understanding the role we play in it. This is what is known as cosmic education, a cornerstone of the Montessori philosophy. As Maria Montessori said, cosmic education is teaching the children about the idea that humanity might have a cosmic mission or a meaningful purpose to better the world for the future. This kind of project is an excellent way to make children think deeper about the consequences of our actions while fostering their curiosity. So, what would happen if animals go extinct? Hi, my name is Lucia. I'm six years old. We won't have any more food. My name is Carlos and I am four years old. No, no cows to make, make no, no, no milk. No more meat. Well, that can be alarming for the meat and milk lovers out there, huh? 
I'm sure we can have another episode to talk about our food choices. But for now, let's see how cosmic education also helps children to understand that we are all one with the universe. They know that taking care of the environment will have a huge impact on animals' quality of life and that no action is too small to make a difference. Hello, my name is Gabriel. I'm four years old. So what's happening to the red panda, Gabriel? They're cutting down the trees. And what happens when people cut down the trees? The panda can't have a home anymore. Hi, my name is Kai. I'm five years old. Protect our animals. How can we protect them, Kai? By not killing them. And how else? By not eating sushi. Oh, that's too bad. I really love spicy tuna sushi. But I'm also willing to give it up if that means I'm helping preserve endangered animals. Speaking of fish, we also have to think about what we can do right here in our beautiful city of Miami. We are lucky to live by the ocean, but this comes with a big responsibility. We couldn't think of anyone better than one of our tangerine moms, who happens to be a marine biologist, to talk about this. Let's see what she has to say about how can we help to improve the conditions of marine life. Hi, my name is Bree Kokus. I'm a marine biologist living and working here in Miami. I've been here working uh, since 2006 in that field. Uh, and, that, and since that time, uh, I've seen a lot. You know, I've seen a lot of changes in Biscayne Bay, and a lot of those changes will require a lot of input from everybody working together. Um, to improve the conditions for marine life out there. Uh, it can't just be the politicians making rules and regulations. It's got to start really from just a cultural standpoint um, to make people uh, feel that they can make a difference just by doing small little things every day to um, improve the environment and, and help preserve endangered animals. Uh, one of the things that you know people always ask me as a marine biologist is, Uh, you know, do you see sharks? Do you see turtles? Do you, see, you know, do you play, you work with dolphins? And of course, everybody loves that big, you know, charismatic megafauna, as they as they call it. But really, it's the smaller endangered species that make the whole ecosystem tick. Um, the seagrasses, for example, Johnson seagrass is a seagrass that is classified as endangered by the federal government, and no one really knows of it. It's tiny; and you can barely see it. Um, another endangered species, of course, is the manatee, um, and there, there are others as well. This information can leave us hopeless, but we have good news. We can take action every day to help preserve marine life here in Miami. Here's how. So the easiest way to, to, to reduce impacts to this, these this marine life is very simple. If you live on the water, as if, if your property is right on the water, you can make sure you do not, you, you don't influence the water quality by using appropriate fertilizers on your lawn. Because anything that you put on your lawn goes directly into the bay. No filtration, nothing. It goes directly, run, it runs right off. There's no stormwater treatment along those properties. So that's the best thing you can do right out of the get-go if you live on the water. The second thing you can do, of course, is to reduce your consumption of plastics. Now, 
everyone thinks, okay, don't use straws and don't use, you know, plastic bags. That's all well and good, but it's really all the plastics because all those plastics eventually infiltrate the ocean in some capacity. So if we can just start using glass containers, reusable containers, um, uh, aluminum, um, even that's a natural resource we don't want to use, but, you know, it's better than plastic. There's a whole variety of reusable containers and reusable plastics that, you know, that are not one-time use that would be better for the environment. And of course, once we use them and use these, these plastics or glass or aluminum products up, recycle them so they go in the appropriate place afterwards, after their, their life on, you know, in your, in your home. The third thing, and these are little things that even children can do, is to just make sure when you go visit the ocean, bay or whatever whatever water that you leave nothing behind and that doesn't just mean trash it also means how you leave the environment for example when you go to the beach and you make sand castles or dig holes everyone everyone does that but when you leave do you knock them over do you fill those holes in because you should because what happens is during sea turtle nesting season the sea turtles lay their eggs on the beach Sometimes those nests are visible. Sometimes they're marked off in Miami and, and, and South, the South Florida beaches. So you know where the nests are and you don't touch them. But if you leave sandcastles or holes between those nests and the ocean, it could prevent the baby hatchlings from reaching the water when they hatch. And then, you know, they would be diverted and they'd be susceptible to predation from birds or whatever other animals. And that's bad. So that's a little thing we can do when we leave the beach is just to cover up those holes or knock the, knock the castles down. Another thing we can do is to turn off the lights. If we live on the ocean or on the water, turning off the lights is good because the light, dis artificial light disorient disorientates lots of marine species. We can also support local organizations that are working daily to manage our natural resources. One of the best is Miami Waterkeeper. They have an app, they are on Instagram, on Facebook, and they do regular water quality testings throughout the bay. So check them out before going for a swim to make sure the water is not contaminated. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode ever of Tangerine Minds, a podcast about things that matter by our Tangerine Montessori kids. Until next time.